Welcome to Full Disclosure on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Each week we check in with the Better Government Association, ordinarily with the President and CEO, David Greising, but we are talking to a, a different member of the BGA staff today. Of course, uh, we largely focus in this segment on the BGA's role as a watchdog of government, but the BGA is also a policy organization and also seeks to uh, promote legislation that will lead to more open and transparent and responsive government. So we are pleased to be joined today by Brian Zaru, he is the director of policy for the Better Government Association, and we're going to be talking about some of the BGA's policy initiatives in this legislative session. Brian, welcome. Great to have you here on the program with us. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get into what the BGA is hoping to accomplish, we should probably start uh, by looking at what the legislature itself has said as its main goals here in what is, at least at this point, supposed to be a truncated spring legislative session. They are scheduled to adjourn in mid-April, far earlier than usual, but we have an unusual election schedule this year with the primary in June, and so they want to get lawmakers out of the way and get them back on the campaign trail. That, of course, is being complicated by COVID, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But let's talk about what uh, Speaker Chris Welch has identified as some of his main priorities, particularly uh, trying to uh, to counteract what is sure to be a, a Republican line of campaigning all through 2022, which is crime around Illinois. The Speaker indicating he wants to push an anti-crime package. Yes, yes. So on top of the legislative list that the speaker has been giving uh, wide-ranging interviews to multiple outlets, uh, talking about the uptick in carjacking, the uptick in uh, organized retail theft, um, those are on top of the list. And we see a lot of uh, Democrats right now on Twitter uh, and also making public statements that this is going to be a priority for them uh, because it's it's what they're hearing from their constituents. Um, The speaker did mention um, uh, in a recent interview, he's quoted in saying, If you do the crime, you're going to do the time. And it sounds like he's open to charging 17-year-olds as adults. I know Mayor Lightfoot here in Chicago supports this. Um, And uh, the the recent carjackings, a lot of the data coming out of the police department is that the carjackings are perpetrated by by minors. Um, Another thing he's advocated for is uh, to properly fund the police and properly training the police. That's something that's uh, a big thing this year, and I think that's um, going to be on top of their list. Um, and another uh, thing is the uh, a lot of people have been blaming the cash bail system uh, that was passed in uh, last year during uh, with the uh, legislative uh, black caucus. But uh, that cash bail system has not taken effect yet. It doesn't take effect till 2023. So uh, he's been quiet on that, saying you know this is not something that um, we we may not look at that because it's just it hasn't taken effect yet. So logically, uh, it doesn't make sense. So those are the things that I think are going to be next to the budget. Those are the things that are going to be on top of the list. No question about it. And and again, this is being uh, driven as much by politics as policy because Democrats mm-hmm. are really looking to try to defuse uh, what's going to be a major issue uh, being used against them in legislative and in statewide races all through this uh, this campaign year. Uh, but as you noted, uh, the devil's always in the details. We don't have a lot of those details 
calls yet. And a lot of this will also be driven by the budget and what will the budget allow the state to do. We'll know more about that. Uh, should be two weeks from today uh, when the mm-hmm. governor is scheduled to give his budget address. Still questions, though, about whether that's going to be in person, where it's going to be in front of a joint session of the legislature, as has been traditionally done, because we continue to feel the impact of COVID on this legislative session. Lawmakers have only been here in Springfield altogether on one day so far, and they're doing most of their work remotely with uh, Zoom committee meetings and things. And this has continued the debate, Brian, about uh, exactly how this plays out in terms of government transparency and, and the public's access to government. Uh, from, from your perspective, how uh, is the uh, the largely remote legislative process playing out in terms of the public's ability to be a part of this process? Absolutely. I mean, they've extended remote session, as you as you, as you noted, Jim. Uh, this is the third uh, leg of session that they're extending the rules for remote uh, for remote access and remote hearings. While we here at the BJ advocate for obviously safe work environment, we really think that once the surge in the Omicron surge settles a bit, we really hope that uh, the rules will be changed to allow people and advocates back in the Capitol. Um, not being uh, able to be in the Capitol is a real disadvantage for a lot of groups. Uh, that want their voices heard, that want to speak with their legislator, um, that want to uh, try to pass some uh, some bills that um, that their organizations are trying to trying to support. Um, and in my experience, uh, Zoom hearings do not always tell the full story. Um, sometimes legislators have their cameras off. Sometimes you can't see all of them at once. There's a real disconnect and a lack of access that we hope changes when things get a little better. Yeah, we, we should note that some of the uh, supporters of this uh, say that in some ways it's easier. People can log in and participate from uh, all around the state. You don't have to physically be in Springfield to be a part mm-hmm. of it. Uh, but there's no question when you're trying to reach large numbers of lawmakers, trying to really uh, assess where they stand on things, uh, that lack of physical contact and face-to-face discussion can certainly be a, a hindrance. We're talking with Brian Zaru, Director of Policy for the Better Government Association, and we're going to get into it discussion about some of the BGA's policy priorities in this spring legislative session. Uh, But Brian, one other thing we want to delve into before we take a break is uh, something that uh, hangs over the the General Assembly, although so far uh, a lot of folks there seem relatively unconcerned by it. They're not moving with a lot of urgency, at least. And that's the lack of a legislative inspector general. The uh, the previous LIG, Carol Pope, uh, resigned just a few days ago, saying that essentially the office was a paper tiger. She didn't have the tools needed to really hold lawmakers accountable for ethical and legal lapses. That office is unfilled at this point, and uh, Senator Jill Tracy and others have said, essentially, if there are complaints, uh, really nothing can be done. They're just going to sit there and gather dust. What does this mean in terms of the the legislature and and who is policing the lawmakers? Absolutely. Um, I wrote an op-ed a few months ago in the State Journal Register talking about this. Uh, the not having a legislative inspector general really puts a stain on the on the capital on the uh, on legislators as a whole. Um, obviously, there are some bad there were some bad actors, um, but one, one thing that really should unite both Democrats and Republicans is that they're there to do the work for the people. Um, they need to Democrats and Republicans need to agree. They need to pick somebody that can do the job, um, and that there's an agreement. Hopefully, that the new person has some changes made to the office. We, we really want to see that, uh, that revolving door policy from the six months to one year on legislators becoming lobbyists um, without some loopholes that they currently have now. We want to see the legislative inspector general have subpoena power. Right now, they can start an investigation, but they, they can't mandate anyone to come speak with them. 
That's a huge issue, and that's one of the reasons why Carol Pope uh, resigned. Um, we cannot, the state cannot afford to not have someone in place. I think it would be phenomenal in an election year to tell the people of Illinois, this is important, we're going to fill this role, we're going to change the rules, and corruption has no place here in Illinois. That's our hope. It seems like a no-brainer, particularly when, uh, again, you've got a slate of Republican candidates who were running not just on crime, but also corruption as their recurring theme, uh, why the Democratic majority wouldn't stand up and say, we're taking a, a stand here, we're going to give this inspector general all the authority that he or she would need to investigate allegations of legislative misconduct. Uh, but again, no real rush to do that, and, and that uh, lack of action does tend to speak for itself. We will continue to watch that, see how how it unfolds. But again, uh, right now, lawmakers not in session, not uh, moving uh, quickly to get back to Springfield, and that office remains vacant for now. We're talking with Brian Zaru, Director of Policy at the Better Government Association. When we come back, we'll start to discuss the BGA's policy agenda for this spring legislative session. Uh, and uh, the prospects of getting it done when lawmakers are barely meeting and they're trying to work on an unusually fast schedule. We'll get into all of that next as we continue with full disclosure with the Better Government Association here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Welcome back to Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. Uh, ordinarily, we spend this time with David Greising, President and CEO of the BGA. Today, though, we are talking with Brian Zaru. He is the Director of Policy at the Better Government Association. The BGA, in addition to being a government watchdog group, is also a policy group and looks to promote legislation that will help make government more open, transparent, and responsive. Uh, and so, uh, Brian, before we get into the uh, the BGA's spring legislative agenda. Uh, talk to us in some broad terms about how the BGA approaches policy and how you decide uh, what uh, areas you want to focus on in a given year. Yes, definitely. So um, the BGA policy team uh, has been around for uh, for many, many years. Uh, as taking over in September, um, I'm providing a, a different approach in terms of how we do legislation. One thing that I want to do is work with legislators um, on different tasks that they have that they want to do that really, rel that, that really falls within our mission. Um, so um, really building these relationships with legislators, trying to get things done on behalf of the people of Illinois in terms of open government, the Freedom of Information Act, um, in different areas within government to make it easier to, uh, uh, to, to talk to legislators. So th that's kind of the approach that I've been taking, and this year I'm very excited about some of the uh, issues that we're taking up. FOIA is a, a very big and important part of what the BGA does. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and we have to know, because there's a misconception out there, that people think that FOIA is something used primarily by the media. And while it certainly is, it can be used by anybody to get access to information about government and the things that government does. Uh, and so there is a, a certainly a need for more public education and awareness of FOIA as a tool, but also education and awareness for government entities uh, about their requirements under the law, because Sometimes, uh, at least in our experience, it seems like some governmental bodies treat FOIA more as a suggestion or a wish rather than a law and a requirement. So uh, talk about the, the BGA's role in, uh, in both uh, educating and enforcing FOIA. Yes, absolutely. So the BGA is uh, one of the, the leading organizations in FOIA throughout the state of Illinois. We actually belong to the National Freedom of Information Coalition. Uh, that's a coalition, a national coalition of about 40 states. The BGA is the Illinois chapter. And as the leading FOIA organization in the state, we are going to be introducing something on our website very soon uh, named the BGA OpenGov Unit. Uh, this will be a repository of FOIAs, 
it will have education, educational material, not just for journalists, but for anyone in the state. How-tos and uh, uh, tutorials by leading experts on FOIA, explaining who can do a FOIA, why we FOIA. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's an important tool uh, for, for people to know because it's, it's one of the, probably the, the biggest right we have to know what our government is doing. So I think it's a really groundbreaking tool for the citizens here in Illinois, and I, and I hope they take advantage of it. I cannot wait to uh, to see that uh, again. Uh, I, and I've uh, been in this uh, arena uh, for decades, literally dating back to the days when I worked in the Illinois Attorney General's office. The mm-hmm. uh, the misconceptions, the confusion uh, about FOIA mm-hmm. and uh, the, the challenges that people face, uh, even when they're doing everything right and still get their requests denied, uh, it, it is something that uh, you know continues to be an ongoing problem here in Illinois and Everything we can do to uh, to correct that is definitely a step in the right direction. So, Brian, let's talk about this legislative session. As we've noted, it's going to be a shortened session. Lawmakers working remotely right now. Uh, they're under tight deadlines, which is going to uh, increase the challenges in getting things passed. But what's on the BGA's agenda for this spring? What would you like to see lawmakers address in the areas that uh, of interest to the Better Government Association? Absolutely. As you just indicated, it is going to be a very tough year on getting anything done because of the uh, the short session. The election and the primaries are much earlier this year, uh, but that's not going to deter us from beating the drum on ethics. Ethics is going to be first and foremost on our list uh, to make sure that, the uh, first of all, the inspector general is filled if we have somebody in that position, and we try to create rules within that position, as we discussed earlier. Other issues that we're uh, bringing up this year are uh, issues relating to FOIA. So one of the biggest things uh, going on within FOIA now is that it's very hard to collect information. Uh, the information, different keyword searches throughout different governments are all different. Um, it's not uniform. So actually one of the bills that we have uh, by one of our sponsors, uh, our lead sponsor, Representative Kelly Cassidy, uh, she's introduced us um, to really make FOIA uh, uh, queries for FOIA uh, more uniform, so that way it's easier uh, to uh, to request FOIAs, and it's easier for the governments to find information that we're looking for. Right now, it's such a mess in terms of uh, different ways we search for FOIA, different ways they're filed, different ways they're categorized. Some areas have it digitized, some of it are on paper. Um, so we want to make that more um, more accessible and easier to to request. Um, another uh, issue that we've had earlier this year, uh, where some, uh, well, earlier last year, and some of it, uh, you know, because of COVID, is the Open Meetings Act. The Open Meetings Act is uh, a, a, a law that all governments have to abide by when having their meetings. And some meetings uh, we've noticed in some different cities have been under uh, were secret. They were not. There were no public notice. No one even knew about them. And unfortunately, there's only a 60-day statute of limitations to file suit against a certain body um, from the day of the meeting. But, Jim, sometimes we find out about the meeting you know, on the 61st day and we can't do anything about it. So this would actually, this new law that we're trying to introduce would extend that statute of limitations from the day we discover the meeting took place. Um, and our last one is, uh, is, is something that uh, passed in Michigan very recently, uh, and I think it's something to be proactive about, is encrypted messages or using different type of apps between lawmakers and legislators. Uh, we just saw text messages released by Governor Pritzker and Mayor Lightfoot, and that was good to see. But there are some uh, areas in other states that we don't have any evidence here that it's happening here, but we do want to prevent it from happening, is using encrypted deleted messages so that when we FOIA something, that it's still there and it's not automatically deleted. So we want to make sure that that's on the books as well so we don't have to have a problem with this in the future. 
You know, one of the uh, the, the things in my uh, experience is that lawmakers don't necessarily get too fired up about these things because they think that these issues are the purview uh, of, of policy nerds and eggheads and the general public isn't all that interested in it. Uh, and, but clearly, as you pointed out, uh, people do need to be interested in this to make sure that we can see what government is doing and really be aware of the decisions that are being made and how they're being made. So is there some sort of a, a, a list of these bills or things the BGA is promoting, the people can reach out to their own legislators to say, hey, this is important. We want you to support open government. We want you to support transparent government. What's the best way for the public to, to help move this along? Absolutely. When it comes to these types of bills, they can always log into our bettergov.org website. Um, on there, we'll have our policy agenda. And then they can also always reach out to me to, to find out how they can reach out to their legislators. I know it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to figure out because our government websites are are very complicated, but um, they're always welcome to reach out to us so that we can say, hey, here's your legislator, here's where you live, talk to them, and here's uh, here's something you can say uh, to support these bills. Uh, so we're going to have this all on our website, how to's, how to support bills, how to contact your legislator. Uh, we do want to make it easier for everybody to contact uh, their elected representative. You can go to bettergov.org to learn more. Brian Zaru is the director of policy for the Better Government Association. Brian, I've really enjoyed our time today. Thanks so much for being here with us on Full Disclosure. Pleasure, Jim. Thank you.